Welcome to Causing the Effect, where we will connect and change the mind and body. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Causing the Effect. I am your host, Scott Cazzoli. It is a beautiful, beautiful Monday morning here in New York City, July 27. Thank you so much for taking some time to uh, allow me to share and serve a little bit of knowledge with you guys today. I um, really hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, today we're going to hit the mind piece of it, but first let's just get into the the laundry details here. Please uh, subscribe, leave a review. Apple Podcast is the, the hottest one. It looks like about 80 to 90% of the listeners are coming from there. But you can find us on, on everywhere across the, you know, all platforms, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, you know, just uh, leaving those reviews really mean a lot to me. It means a lot to the podcast. It's been, you know, boosting up the ratings pretty quickly. Here we are, top 50, uh, you know, mental health podcast by this point. So thank you for that. It's really um, can't be done without you guys. So really appreciate that. And again, for the new people coming over from uh, Martin's uh, Calming Anxiety, I just wanted to, you know, let everybody know. And just to remind, obviously, you know, I want to connect the mind and body I and mean, I want everybody to be more successful, but you know, what does that mean, right? What we're trying to do or what I'm trying to do here is really have a genuine conversation with you guys and, um, you know, your, in, your the, the feedback that you guys send to, again, causing the effect podcast at Gmail does do wonders for me to kind of guide and focus on, you know, what we're doing here. What I'm trying to do is deliver some facts that gauge where your interest lies, right? From there, uh, I want to give you those facts and, and not only just, you know, spit out facts, but I want to, to explain why they're relevant and then hence you guys understand why they're relevant, you know. Um, then I then in a perfect world, use that knowledge to change your behavior and your perspective for the better so you could achieve those goals or even figure out those goals, um, be a better problem solver, understand what's going on in life and all, all this stuff. So uh, I'm going to take a step back. We're going to touch on something that I've spoken about a little bit on earlier podcasts um, as far as mindset goes, and then I'm going to move it into a little bit of um, a really interesting phenomenon that I've always been, you know, I've read it, read up on it, and I think we kind of see it coming to fruition um, today. So first we'll talk about mindset, and then we'll move into groupthink. Um, but, you know, in a, in a, uh, in a, in a world of, of you know, we'll call these the, the two mindsets, right? We, we discussed this earlier, if you haven't. Um, there's one called the fixed mindset and then another called the, the growth mindset. This is a belief um, found by Carolyn Dweck. You could check out her book called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And um, the, the two basic beliefs that Dweck finds is that the, the fixed mindset is somebody that assumes that their character, the intelligence, the, the creative ability are static, giving, um, you know, giving the, the means of nature, right? These are things that, that really can't be changed in a meaningful way, um, meaning that success is basically the affirmation of that inherent traits that you're given from whoever, you know, an assessment of how those given measures rally up against an equally fixed standard is kind of ha- how the way some of those um, fixed mindset people will look at it and striving for for success and avoiding failure at all costs becomes a way of maintaining the sense of, of being skilled or smart. And I think 
I started off my life this way. Um, you know, anytime that something didn't work, I really didn't try harder. I kind of just assumed, okay, that that's not for me. Now, on the other hand, there's the growth mindset, which I'm trying to, to grow into. And this thrives on challenge and seeing failure not as an evidence of an incapability, but as um, kind of like a springboard for growth and stretching those existing abilities. Out of these two mindsets, um, it is it has been shown she actually started this research with, with children. Um, it's it's formed at a very early age. Um, it does come from behavior, from the relationships with, that you deal with success and failure in personal, professional context, but, but ultimately the, the capacity of happiness, if that makes sense to you. And again, I, I was so intrigued by this because this is something that, you know, you, I'm in the, the, the verge of attempting to change, but it's very interesting. So, for example, looking at challenges, um, that fixed mindset, I always try to avoid the challenges. If something felt uncomfortable, go away from them. With a growth mindset, you're, you're trying to develop that skill that you're lacking. Um, embrace those challenges. An obstacle, again, I, I was there, um, give, gave up pretty easily, you know, it just didn't work. Now, again, persisting in the face of any setback, there's no, you know, no is not an answer, yada, yada, yada. This is the approach I'm taking with, uh, you know, doing comedy or, or kind of getting out there on the on the performer side as well. Being uh, criticism, another key piece that kind of sets up these mindsets, Um it's basically when you have that fixed mindset, you're you're ignoring the that useful negative feedback, and I've seen it with even some some people I work with or um, you know I'm close with that, you know they don't take criticism very well. And when you have that growth mindset, you're you're, you're really looking at criticism as a, a tool for growth. Um, so those are just kind of the high levels of it. Uh, why does the mindset, you know, matter? Right? Um, I feel the mindset really plays a critical role in how you you deal with life and those challenges, right? Um, when facing a problem such as finding a new job, people with those growth mindsets do end up showing greater resilience. And this is kind of where it's all start clicking for me because I went through a little phase there where I was looking for jobs and I had the determination. I was like, listen, I'm going to find something I like. I was just kind of sick of it. Um, but these people are more likely to persevere in the face of setbacks while those with a fixed mindset are more liable to give up and, um, you know, not really pursue anything greater than what is given to them. Um, a fixed mindset, actually, Carol explains, um, they tend to create a need for approval, particularly from their superiors or from their uh, their parents. And this is something um, she says, I've seen so many people with this one consuming goal of proving themselves in the classroom, in their careers, in their parental relationships. Um, every situation calls for a confirmation of their intelligence or their personality or character. Um, you know, every situation is evaluated. Will I succeed or will I fail? Will I look smart or dumb? Will I be accepted or rejected? Um, you know, will I feel like a winner or a loser? Uh, and then you have the growth mindset on the other hand, which is that hunger for learning, that desire to work hard, discover new things, tackle, you know, new challenges, and truly grow as a person and as somebody who is attempting to tackle going from a fixed to a growth mindset, um, you know, they tend not to view it as a failure or a disappointment. So instead, try to look at things as a learning experience. Um, and anytime that, that you're going to, you know, go through an uncomfortable situation or, you know, 
it, there's a reason why you feel uncomfortable and that's that's how you truly grow um and that's something i'm kind of learning the the hard way um you know but the the mindset being formed i think it's important for people to look at it from you know if you have children children who are taught that they should look smart instead of you know love to to learn and develop um, do end up kind of having that fixed mindset. They become more concerned with how they're being judged and fear. And then that, you know, you're basically looking for validation, everything. That's, that's something that I felt as a child and I just don't think it's good. So the, the correct way I would think to, to teach your children or, or somebody who you're kind of looking up to or trying to, 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 to learn from, uh, to teach people to explore, embrace those new experiences, enjoy those challenges um, and that's going to help you grow and develop rather than looking at a mistake as this detrimental thing to your personality, your ego, be able to disconnect that from yourself and be willing to try new things, make those errors, um, all, all just in the name of, of simply learning. Um, there is a way to, you know, break down your mindset. I won't go into to that details, but I definitely suggest at least taking a quiz or two to, to understand it where you have that first. Cause I, I do take a person, this is totally for me in my opinion. I do think that your life is mixed of a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. You know what I'm saying? So maybe with certain things you feel, um, that a fixed mindset is useful. And then for the, you know, for the, for the, the growth mindset, it just could just be something innate that you feel really comfortable with. Could be, you know, your passion or, um, you know, you're anything really. Um, and I just wanted to, to retouch upon this because it does really go quite nicely with this group thing theory we're going to talk about. I'll leave the, the mindset piece with a really touching quote from Carol again. Why hide deficiencies instead of overcoming them? Why look for friends or partners who will just, you know, shore up your self-esteem instead of ones who uh, will also change, cha change and challenge you to grow? Why seek out the tried and true instead of experiences that will stretch you? The passion for stretching yourself and sticking to it, especially, uh, even or especially when it's not going well, is the hallmark of that growth mindset. This is the mindset that allows people to thrive during some of their most challenging times in their lives. Um, now, groupthink is a mindset. Um, it's actually a psychological phenomenon that occurs within a group of people in which that desire for harmony, conformity in the group results with a rational or dysfunctional decision-making outcome. I'm not going to start comparing who or what, you know, what groups are doing this, but I think whichever side you're on, you're definitely going to view the opposite side of us uh, not being cohesive, um, you know, and this is something that I think we're seeing more and more with the rise of technology, and we'll get into that a little later, but um, it groupthink, this phenomenon is stated to occur within natural groups within the community, whether it be lifelong different mindsets. Um, or those differing political views that we just mentioned, conservatism, liberalism, or even the purported uh, benefits of teamwork versus working in solitude. However, the, the conformity of viewpoints within a group really doesn't, um, does not mainly involve deliberate group decision-making, and it might be better explained by the collective information uh, confirmation bias of the in individual members of the group. And, you know, we see this all the time um, in a group. If you ever worked in a group before, uh, you'll see that once somebody you know, brings up an idea. Um, I remember doing, you know, in college, I'm sure a couple of you guys were in group projects. Sometimes when I brought up an idea, it's easy just to kind of accept it. It is an easier route, but um, there is ways to, to recognize groupthink and then avoid it. To recognize groupthink, it's useful to identify those situations in which it's most likely to occur, right? Uh, when groups feel threatened, um, 
really threatened particularly to their identity, they're going to end up developing a strong us versus them mentality. And this is something that I think is just instilled on us from, you know, tribal means. Um, you know, if you look at how we've kind of grown as a species, we really work best in groups of 50 to 75. And obviously that is not the case anymore. So maybe a group thing would have been good with the, you know, 50 to 75 people. You could all, you know, hunter gather together or something. But in these large situations, especially with tech, it's becoming a big risk. And you have to, to minimize the risk of group think, you have to allow enough time for those issues to be fully discussed and allowing the other group to, to discuss that. And I think that's something that we see in politics, again, whichever side you are, you're not letting the other side or the other group members share those thoughts. Um, and that's a problem, right? Um, the symptoms, and this was, you know, the, the whole phenomenon was created by Dr. Uh, Irving Janis, um, Yale in 1970s. Um, she identified eight different symptoms that indicate a groupthink. This could be illusions of invulnerability. This leads members of the group to be overly optimistic and engage in those risk-taking Ventures again. Not going to go into specific political examples, but you know, I'll let your your, your brains wander for that. Unquestioned beliefs um, lead also lead members to ignore possible moral problems and ignore those consequences of individual and group actions. They also can end up rationalizing, um, you know, r- rationalizing, which prevents members from reconsidering their beliefs and causing them to ignore those warning signs. Stereotyping. Also a big problem, this leads members of one group to ignore or even demonize the members that are out of the group. And again, you see this all over. Um, anybody who opposes or challenges another idea, you know, really ends up uh, getting um, self-censored or, or censoring the, you know, either censoring themselves or censoring the other group. Um, you know, direct pressure to conform, obviously, you know, all over the place nowadays. Um this is happening to conform to place members who pose questions and those who question the group as seeing them as disloyal or traitorous. If you're not with us, you're against us, that copy mentality. Again, these are just, I think this goes for the just the way of thinking that everybody seems to have nowadays. Even in, in politics, again, I'll give you a quick viewpoint. Is There's a lot of people on the left, a lot of people on the right. And I think the, those are the ones people hear and end up kind of going towards. But for, for the most part, a lot of people I talk to are right down the middle, you know, I'm liberal with some things. I'm conservative with others. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that can influence this phenomenon, but it tends to occur more in situations where group members are very similar to one another. That's why prevention of this kind of group think is, is really done through diversity. Um, that, you know, the more people, the more different mindsets you have, um, that is the the best way of, of really being able to make a decision based on, you know, different people's critiques or their positions, you know, um, I did want to bring up a couple examples of groupthink and how it kind of destroyed, um, two key pieces in history. Um, the Challenger space shuttle disaster was, um, one of them. The engineers of that space shuttle in the 1980s knew about some faulty parts months before that takeoff, but they really didn't want that negative press to stop it. There was a lot of pressure from the top. So they ended up, you know, pushing ahead with that launch anyway. And obviously that did not end well. The uh, the other one I wanted to talk about was that Bay of Pigs invasion. You know, President John F. Kennedy made a decision um, to go through with the invasion. 
and the people around him supported that, you know, despite them kind of knowing, uh, them knowing that there's going to be detrimental things that we saw that with the, the wars coming up after that. The the problem that it, how it def, you know really affects it directly today is is the majority of that online media, social media, that partisan nature of Americans today um, is a specific group atmosphere. You know, basically cheering each other on more than just communicating facts. And how could you? You know, it's hard to communicate facts when you have 250 characters, right? Um, especially, you know, we'll see groups considering themselves part of a movement. They're acting as a unit. You have to kind of subscribe to everything that they're saying. Even if you look at it from a business viewpoint, um, this groupthink process contributed to several of those toxic financial crises from 2018 to even now. Um, again, you're seeing the reason why the world is so volatile, particularly on the financial side, is that everybody's feeling that, um, this groupthink. And when people start dumping a stock or start buying a stock, everybody starts kind of going along with it and so quickly to move that forward. Um, for example, that 2008 crisis, um, the investment banks, all these big banks, Lehman Brothers, they, they knew these mortgage-backed securities um, were high risk and they didn't inform the public. It was kind of, you know, we're, you know, we're just going to keep accepting money. When those homeowners defaulted on their mortgages, the securities lost considerable value, became worthless, and groupthink was obviously involved because highly paid intelligent individuals, these finance executives successful for 35 years would not have attempted basically fraud in this magnitude without a culture of permit permissiveness involved, you know, um, any movement you're a part of today, it does manage to become mainstream despite the myriad of evidence proving that, you know, the claims of the leaders or the claims of the followers could be false or even inaccurate, you know? Um, so I really hope that we all end up thinking, I would say in total, you really have to end up thinking more individually, stop taking that easy route to just accept what's being said to you, you know, read up whichever side you're from left or right, try to be down that middle, try to see both perspectives. And I think that is the the best way to go about it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. I'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.